Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking all about all of this week's Disney Plus originals, and we've got four of them to be talking about. We've also got lots of news come out of the Disney Quarterly Investors Call, um, so we'll be talking about Jungle Cruise, Premier Access, um, theatres, release windows, all kinds of bits and pieces. But before we get into any of that, quick bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe either on the audio platforms like Spotify, iTunes, etc. You can also subscribe on YouTube. You can go find us over on whatsondisneyplus.com. Make sure you favorite, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can join us on social media and join our Facebook group of over 165,000 members. Um, you can also help support the podcast and the website as a whole through Patreon or YouTube channel memberships. Um, and if you can come to a member from as little as $2 a month, and you get access to early content a little bit early. Um, you also get to contribute um, to the live Q&A that I do every Sunday night on YouTube. And also at a certain level, you get shout outs and little notes at the end of every video. So let's start off with that. So a big thank you to Amit, Ray, Melissa, my VCR still works, Bina, Bad Dog Gamer, Joshua, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah over on YouTube channel members. And hello to, um, on a Patreon, to Andrew, Jacob, Caleb, Red Mars Man, Andrew, Cody, Darren, The Juice, uh, James, Lauren, uh, thank you for all of your support. And a huge, huge thank you to Sarah for being a Platinum subscriber. Thank you so much for all of your support. means that we can continue to do the podcasts and kind of, you know, all the costs and stuff that go into it for licensing and things like that. Right. Let's jump into it. So we had the Investors Day, uh, sorry, not the Investors Day, but the Investors Quarterly Results. Now this happens every three months. And here is when they announce all the businessy side of things. Um, there's usually a, an announcement or two just before it to kind of get to the, you know, get everyone excited to bring, to make that stock go up. It didn't work this week. It went the opposite way. And there's a reason for that. And the big reason was um, Disney announced, every time they do one of these, they announce um, how many subscribers they got. So Disney Plus hit 103.6 million subscribers worldwide. You know, still great. Still, still an improvement over last time. But the problem was people were expecting much more like 109, 110. Um, the thing is, we did actually only get an update about the 9th of March for the, um, the annual shareholders meeting where they hit 100 million. So the date as of April the 3rd was that they hit 103 million. Um, point six. So there was a little bit less than everyone was expecting. That caused a little bit of a uh, caught the caused the stock to kind of drop a little bit, which I find really strange because it was along the lines of there was also lots of news about the theme parks reopening, the cruise lines reopening, um, you know, the, the cinemas all coming back, you know, people getting back to some kind of normality, and everyone was like, no, you didn't get as many subscribers. I was a little bit like, okay, but the theme parks are open. Disneyland's open. <laughs> the cruise lines are going. Um, but no, Disney Plus didn't get as many subscribers. So that was the, what the stock, that's what the um, investment people were looking at. It's still an improvement. I think it was just under about eight, just over 8 million for the previous quarter. But they need to be pulling in at least, I think it's like 10 million a quarter to hit their target of 200 plus million by the end of 2024. So they're putting it down to some issues with um, Hot Star, where the cricket and stuff all got delayed because of what's going on out there um, and things like that. I also feel like, you know, we, it, was, it was a great month for content because we had like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, but they need more. They, need to, they, they want more. They want, they want more feeding. They're never going to be happy till everyone is subscribed. <laughs> 
the more I learn about investing, the less I know. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense. You got yeah. you got Disney over here doing their thing, but they didn't do well enough. But you know, a year ago they did not as good as they were expecting because everything was shutting down a year ago, and and people were like, oh, but that Disney Plus is coming along. And it's like you guys make no sense. And then if yeah. and then we got all that meme stuff going on with like Dogecoin and. GameStop, and I, that makes yeah. even less sense to me. No, the thing is with um, the, there's a, there was a number of things that came out of this um, event. So, first off, they announced that Jungle Cruise will also be coming to Premier Access on July the thirtieth. So that one stars Jeremy. Um, Jeremy starts. Jeremy. Um, <laughs> Jeremy. It starts. Um, em, I was trying to say Emily, but I don't know why. Emily Blunt and also uh, The Rock. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. I think that's a good move to put it onto Premier Access. To give us the choice because Black Widow is obviously coming earlier that month. You know, there are still problems. I know, like out in um, Canada, Matt messaged me last night and said that, you know, that they don't even think their cinemas will be reopening in Canada because they, they've not got enough vaccines. Um, over here, while cinemas can technically reopen on Monday, um, there's a lot of pressure right now going on with the new variant. So there's now worries that that's going to cause problems. And there's still stuff floating around, folks. It's still not gone. And there's still going to be bumps in the road as much as, you know, you know, many of us are vaccinated. I know both of us have had both of our vaccines. So, you know, there is that chance that, you know, we, we, we literally were saying just before we start recording, you know, when are we going to go see cinemas? When are we going to go to the cinema next? Um, they did announce that uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings and also Free Guy will be available in theaters only and it'll be a 45 day window exclusivity there was another press release that came out just after that um, with um cinema world that they've and that they've agreed to this 45 days with disney this is the new window by the looks of it so it's gone from 90 days before covid to now it's down to 45 days and then it can hit other markets now they didn't specifically say disney plus now everyone was running away with the idea of it's coming to Disney Plus 45 days later. It's like, no, it could come to digital on-demand, digital purchase. So, yeah, we haven't got full confirmation. I expect it will be, but um, they are doing... They are, they, I think they want to get back to having that window model. Um, there was quite a bit of talk by Bob about all of this kind of stuff with um, the future of Premier Access. They are viewing it, and I will quote here, that... Flexibility is a key component of their distribution strategy, and they have outlined three approaches for distributing our films. Releases in theaters with the simultaneous offering via Disney Plus, straight to Disney Plus, and traditional exclusive theater exclusives. Um, so that's their plan, and you know they've they've lined out the ones right through now till um, September. They are really kind of going after the idea of doing premier access. The reason why, because as of right now. Um, if you look at um, like last weekend's box office, it was 85% lower d- domestically than it was the pre- before COVID and 63% um, below internationally. So we don't know yet now what the markets are doing. So the premier access, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things. It was a temporary, it's a temporary fix, but box office isn't back to normal. As much as everyone wants to do it, they're still looking at those numbers and going, you know, these are way short of, because, it's that ultimate thing, isn't it, right now? You know, if we've not seen our friends and family for ages, do we want to sit them, sit them with them safe or do we want to go to the cinema? And I think most people are like, if they go out once a day and do something, they don't necessarily want to go to, you know, one thing a day is or one thing a weekend is enough because we've got so used to doing nothing. 
<laughs> I, I enjoy doing nothing. Gotta yeah. admit. Um, yeah. And I think even in the States where they're kind of lifting the mask mandates at this point, a lot of States are, are dropping them and, or going to less restrictive features. I think people have other priorities before going to the movies, but I do think we will at some point see um, a flood of people going, well, the theater is a sign of normalcy going to yeah. the theater to see the Disney movie, the Pixar movie, heck even the, the DreamWorks movie or the touchstone uh, pictures. Uh, it, it's part of returning to normal, but it's just not the beginning part of normal because people want to, they just want to be outside right now. Outside. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the minute free guy is the next movie, which um, is, only features only, and that's in August. Um, this is a movie I'm really interested in anyway. First off, Ryan Reynolds, that's me sold. Second, it's about a, it's a video game themed movie, and they're normally pretty bad, but this one looks a lot of fun. Um, so I, and it's like so that one's in theaters in August. Now there is that kind of thing of depends what's happening by then. It might be that case of go. There's been a lot of talk about oh, could they move that one to Disney Plus Premier Access? Free Guy is a problem because it's a 20th century studios movie. So therefore, in the United States, it would have to go to HBO Max after it's finished its um, release window. So therefore, they've got a problem. They can't put it on the Disney Plus because they can't put it on there for free afterwards. That's the, the problem with it. They can do it for us over here in the UK. We're fine. But we would get it anyway um, 45 days after it's been out in cinema. So therefore, it's not a, such a big issue. But yeah, so they can't do that with Free Guy. And I feel Free Guy might be the kind of we're going to take a pot shot. That's the movie that's going to, that's the one that's going to be the, if that one fails, Shang-Chi will be shifted <laughs> to Premier Access. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I could see that you go in an argument either way with that one. I mean, Free Guy's not uh, a huge title on, on the list. And, you know, Shang-Chi is a Marvel title that by itself carries a lot of weight. Uh, now I say that, I am also looking forward to Free Guy. It looks like stupid fun, which Ryan Reynolds has been very yeah. good at for the last several years. Several uh, <laughs> for what before career. His whole career. <laughs> I mean, did he have a career before Deadpool? I yeah, know that Van Wilder. There was some really great, I, no, some no, really no. great comedies. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, he yeah. he did have some very good movies. It's just Deadpool Green. changed the trajectory of his career. Green Lantern. Come on. I don't know what movie you're talking about. I I seem to remember Deadpool 2 changing the timeline yeah. and there's there's no more Green Lantern or Wolverine Origins. All right. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's pretty good. So there's a lot going on there with all of this one. They also announced during the event as well that um Star was deemed a good success. The launch of Star um obviously with the price rise, people seem to accept it. They've not seen any real bad feedback to that one. But more importantly, they did state that the churn rate has got reduced. So the amount of people that were unsubscribing to Disney Plus had reduced when Star came along, which is not a huge surprise. We've been saying this as this is what would happen. It's also kind of ties in as well. I mean, we did get two big Marvel series in that quarter. So since since um, Star launched, we've had two big series. So the thing of where people might go, oh, I'll unsubscribe and resubscribe. I mean, people might have done that in May. You know, they might have gone, well, Falcon's over, Loki's not coming, I'll save my six bucks. But Star is making it much more attractive to the idea of going, well, actually, there's a lot on here to watch, um, which is what I suspect. Um, there was still a lot um, of coming on, like with Hulu and stuff like that. But it's good to see that Star, and I'm not surprised, because I, I mean, I just know we are watching so much more Disney Plus since Star got added for us personally. 
I think it's a combination. Star certainly factors in a lot. You, you can't argue with the amount of content that's on Star and the amount of content that adults will be interested in. Mm. But I think it's also that um, there's almost no gaps in the Marvel uh, and, and Star Wars release windows. And that drives a lot of subscriptions as well. Obviously, we're in a gap right now between Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki would have been filled a little bit by Black Widow um, if it hadn't gotten that final push. But even that, it's not a very big gap. It, it's a month. And you go, you go right in from Loki onto What If, and, and we've got Bad Batch going on. You got some more Star Wars stuff at the end of the year. I think even if you don't have Star uh, content in the lineup, People are looking at it going, ah, it's worth holding on to it. And then Star on top of it goes, oh, it's worth holding on to. And it's worth loading up every single week, even if there is not a new Star Wars or Marvel show this week. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is the difference. Um, it's been funny because, you know, like the whole, whole thing of where we would fire up Disney Plus on a Friday, watch it, and then we wouldn't fire up till the following Friday for a lot of people. Um, I've, I fire up daily now because it's just something, you know, I've usually got something I'm binging. At the minute, I'm going through Blackish. Um, which has been renewed for its final season. Um, so, like, I'm my, my wife's watching Lost right now. You know, um, so she's going through and watching. Oh, um, so there is that kind of thing of you you find a show and then you can kind of there's that many episodes you can kind of you just keep going back in and jump. Is this into it. is this her first adventure with Lost or did she, so. did she be? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, she has no idea what she's in for, does she? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I remember watching <laughs> it the first time. I mean, I remember when I, it's like when that series came out. I remember being out in Hawaii and like, like this is where they filmed Lost, and this was there. And then I'm watching it there with the okay. Yeah, it, it's like it's like things are coming on and going. Oh, I remember vaguely what happened here, but it got so confusing. I can't even remember what happened. <laughs> Honestly, if they'd gone with the original plan of like a 13 episode miniseries and and stuck with that story, it yeah. probably would have been fantastic. But yeah. Man, it did not stick the landing in that last. Yeah. Um, but it's just a, it is it's a great series. But this is again the advantage of it. Um, there's still a lot of you know they're still the idea they're still pushing Hulu. They still want to do the bundle. They still want to do all of the stuff they're doing in the US. They also announced that Star Plus is delayed until the end of August in Latin America. That's another new streaming service that they. That's because it's kind of like Star Plus ESPN Plus kind of mixed into one. They're doing a. I don't know why they're doing it like that. Well, I think they're doing it because ESPN's just not gaining subscribers. It's got its base already. Mm. I, I mean, there, there'll be a, a small amount of fluctuation month to month. But if if you wanted ESPN Plus, you have it. If you don't want it, you don't have yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's more down down in Latin America than they've got ESPN Plus yet. But they think they've like they didn't. They, it's almost like they don't want to be completely. Um, just well, connected because if there's a problem with sport then suddenly then or if you're only subscribed for one sport when the season ends you leave and that's what they're finding i think with like hot start so they're obviously doing so um it, it makes no sense to me of why they didn't just why latin america just didn't get star the same way as every other country did and um, do espn plus and kind of boost those numbers but they've they've picked them up they've picked it they've delayed it they blamed like the, yeah, the delay in the sports and stuff um, but there is also a legal issue going on right now with the name, so that could be. But they're still promoting it, so it doesn't look like it's completely stopped. Yeah, and the sports are huge, especially soccer slash football. It's going to be huge in Latin America, of course. But uh, it does seem like Disney wants to move towards you know a single app. I think they discovered, yeah. especially in America, having Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus. Even if you've got them all in a package deal. Uh, it's just a pain 
shuffling between different apps and making sure you're all logged into the right ones and your phone's got three apps your playstation's got three apps and get it into one it's easier i i I still i still believe that espn plus kind of can exist on its own merit because it feels like sport is a very different kind of content um so i I do get that um saying that they just dropped like 10 espn documentaries onto disney plus in the uk yesterday so that that we know we get i i understand the separate i don't think hulu's going to be doing anything until they can get sorted out with comcast that's the obvious block with hulu but i i yeah in a couple years we'll probably be talking about that merger at some point there'll either be a merger or i think the alternative is they can slide disney plus into hulu that'll be the way of um doing it that way around and kind of having that as the Hulu is the live TV with everything built into one. I don't know. They're, they're going to do something with it, but they can't do it until um, Comcast is out of the way. Just, um, just keep yeah. keep the ads out of the Disney Plus shows. Please. Well, the thing is, I mean, everybody's doing this like tiered approach. Know. You know, we've seen it with HBO Max are doing it soon, where you can get ads. Um, that I think the trouble is, is like Peacock, um, Amazon, Netflix, and HBO and um, Paramount are doing the one app with everything in. And Disney have kind of gone with this like mixed hybrid mode, and you know it's a very tricky situation for them to work out because I think people are don't they don't like having fr- free subscriptions; they want to have one. So Disney yeah. are going to have to see what's going on with the other platforms and, and make a change accordingly. Um, but it's very diff- it's very tricky as well because this whole thing, as someone that's in a country, it's hard to sit there and kind of go. You know, you start, you know, we're talking about all these all these shows and all these bits and pieces, and it's like, and I feel like the US has had its like, you know, it's still got its hand behind its back, and I'm like, you know, Star Disney Plus is so much better now for me, and then I guess, oh yeah, it's like, oh, you know, I'm writing all these stories about all these shows, you know, like yesterday, ABC announced four new shows, and it's like, these are all going to be Disney Plus originals or Star originals over here, you know, this is, you know, the Wonder Years, all these kind of shows, and it's like suddenly you're getting this mass array of like new shows to be watching and you know we've got rebel we've got um genius coming out we've got love victor coming you know we've got all these extra shows coming to disney plus and you know it, it just makes it a better app absolutely and uh a, a lot of the u.s is... who are we having problems he just went his speaker went a bit funny then see it i've had a couple of blips yeah. on your side too uh yeah. okay. where so hopefully, hopefully it's not a problem. But um, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it, it's definitely a strange, um, a strange thing with the whole situation. And I'm not expecting anything different to be announced. Um, if they're going to announce a big thing, it will be at an investors' day or something or a D23. They're not going to be doing anything at the investors' calls. It's just always important to note that the investors' calls are to try and get shareholders money, and that's the key thing. You know, it's about getting them money about getting the stock price up and keeping the money people happy. It's not usually where they announced, you know, they don't announce a lot of um, bits and pieces. The only thing that was very interesting that came out of this meeting, um, suddenly there's a lot more attention on Bob Chapek and a lot more people are getting worried now of like his, that, you know, there's a story from Variety of problems within Disney of the structure and people not knowing and they're putting finance guys in charge of studios and people are kind of getting a little bit like worried of like, Bob Chapek's style because he's he's notoriously just he goes with the budget he goes with the spreadsheet he's a numbers driven guy he did a he did a lot of stuff for the theme parks and some of it 
you could argue was for the best in terms of on paper, but for the experience and people that were at the parks, it it meant they got less. And people are now looking at like, you know, movies and stuff and what he's doing there. Right now, he I still believe he's probably the right person to be running Disney through a pandemic financially, but he's not probably the best with the creative side like Bob Iger is. I don't think he's got that kind of vision in him. Yeah, it's the eternal struggle between Disney, the company that's got to appease shareholders and make money, not just on paper, but actually like show profits quarter to quarter and the creative side of the company, the the side that builds the parks and uh, you know gives us the Imagineers and and well, used to give us video games, but movies and and Disney Plus and it does seem like there's kind of a swing more towards the financial side at the moment. Obviously, COVID had an impact on that where now Disney has to to kind of recover from a, a, a really bad year. And uh, so they're going to be looking at ways to improve things financially. And normally when you're looking at ways to improve things financially, the creative side kind of gets stifled a bit. Oh, there was a really good article from Jason Stryer. Um, over, I think it was on Kodaku about the video game thing of like the, the company idea of looking at video games and console games being dead and you know they're all just looking at mobile and you know I mean we went through that whole period but again it was the money it again it was the money side that was pushing them forward and they've it is it's a little bit I mean at the minute we're not going to notice a massive difference in terms of what we're watching but things are changing and then he's moving things around we're seeing lots of big changes but ultimately we're at a point where I feel like the whole industry especially like the movies and TV it's changing direction and like Disney and Warner and Comcast have all kind of got, you know, their fingers in two pies. And the trouble is the one pie is getting a bit cold and the other guy's getting very, very competitive of trying to sell. So they've got to work that, work out what they're doing. And it's going to take, I think it's going to take a little bit longer. I don't think, I think everyone wants Disney to scan in it. You know, I think the, the studios and all like, oh yeah, just go all digital and it's like yeah, like Netflix, like yeah, but Disney isn't Netflix. They've got other ways of, and Disney Disney going there. We do know we make all this money on doing other stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the great contradiction of the financial side. We want change quickly. We want you know things to happen quickly, but they don't. They this is a very very big machine that needs to to change focus one way or another. And the things that they change now, whether that's financial or creative, won't even really begin to be in motion for like six months at the on the early side. And in today's like instantaneous gratification culture, uh, you know, which streaming plays a very big part in, it's it's sometimes very jarring to to be reminded that businesses don't have that capacity no it's it is it's a very it, everything just takes a lot longer but yeah so there's a lot of stuff that came out of that investors call um i wouldn't i i kind of came away with it going oh there's a few good things there's a few little um nuggets there but generally it was just more of the same i've just i've just like keep they keep going they did announce they're going to be launching in thailand on june the 30th they're also going to be launching disney plus hotstar on june the 1st in malaysia they didn't specifically say if thailand is getting hot star version i would expect so because apparently you know that's a big big thing out there um there was a lot of expectations of them announcing more more launches in other regions um and they haven't you know we still got most of eastern europe to go we still got um korea 
uh, loads of more countries in Asia, and then they've got the whole of Africa to go. Um, so there's a whole load of stuff going on, but there was an expectation. And I'm going to be honest, there is that kind of thing I can see what the problem is. Trying to get them to get all the infrastructure over this winter has probably been a lot harder. You know, they, 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 I know everyone's like, oh, just, it's like, but if they haven't been able to get to the country, get the ex, get their people to the countries and have the meetings and get the infrastructure built, and, and I mean, I think probably they're going to be using the, the Amazon thing, but there's probably some extra stuff and deals and contracts that they're having to work out that I suspect COVID has slowed them down, but also more importantly, maybe they've just been looking at how hot star and star are going and like trying to reevaluate what they're doing. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that we don't even know about no. that, you know, a lot of closed board meeting kind of things. And they've got a lot of countries to deal with as well. Like you said, there's some major countries like Korea that have not gotten this yet. A lot of European countries that have not gotten this yet. And uh, the list will get shorter over time, but it does take time, unfortunately. Yes. Right now, shifting gears, um, let's now talk now about uh, there was an announcement of a new um, documentary movie called Wolfgang, which is set for June the 25th. It's going to be a, a documentary film about the chef. Um, he's got a number of awards. He's got over 100 plus restaurants. Um, I'm going to be honest. So this, this one, this one feels like this one was announced a long time ago. And I can tell instantly now this is not the prime Disney Plus audience is looking at this documentary going, hmm, uh, this is what I want to watch. There's a lot older people might enjoy it, people that are interested in cooking. For me, I don't know how it's like, I only really knew who he was because I saw a Wolfgang restaurant at Downtown Disney in Disney Springs. I had never heard of him before. I don't, he's not on British television. So um, there's that kind of thing of, I don't know if he's done some stuff. Over, but for me, I was completely unaware of him until it, but with him having restaurants at the parks, I can see why he maybe was a, a prime kind of it for someone to pick for his uh, documentary. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty big name. Uh, he was, he was a big name before, um, you know, shows like the, the great British bake off or, or even things like Gordon Ramsay yeah. were really popular. He, he was the more classical, um, you know, big name Michelin star chef and, and putting his name on something meant a lot. Yeah. Uh, nowadays we, we tend to follow guys like Guy Fieri and, and Gordon Ramsay, things like that instead. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I'm in basically the same boat as you are. I'm familiar with the name. I, I know that his name is associated with a certain degree of quality and, and um, kind of extravagance. I think I saw, saw one of his restaurants in like Vegas, um, obviously again in yeah. uh, the various Disney parks as well. I don't think I've ever eaten one. No, no, I've never eaten. But, <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, it's a bit of a lot. It's, it's good to have it there. I mean, they've been working on this for a while. Um, again, just more, more content for older people is not a bad thing. You know, we can't always have superheroes in spaceships. We do need other type of content. Um, and I like look at this, and then I look at like that tables turning the tables. You know, these are kind of like more older shows for parents and grandparents and stuff, and just. A different flavor, and that's what we need. We need a little bit of variety. I see what you did there, yeah, but I, I also, <laughs> I also appreciate that it's a food documentary that's not in the current style. It's not Great yeah. British Bake Off. It's not um, Kitchen Nightmares or or anything like that. This is Two shows I love. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, I'm not I'm not disparaging those shows. They're really entertaining, um, especially when Gordon Ramsay gets to to fully go off on somebody, and you're like, yeah, this person deserves it. But it, it is also good to see 
like the other side of the house uh mm. you know the the proper michelin chef and his story yeah. yeah i mean you know i think that like we have like you know things like master chef and um the great british menu and all these kind of things that we have over here you know so this this is more high-end kind of food so it'll be interesting to see how it goes i I'll, my interest level in this is, is like had it been on peacock or hbo i just wouldn't have bothered it's just i don't know the guy i've got no idea who he is um but obviously it, i will watch it and I'm going in with open. I know I'm going to come away with this kind of having much more appreciation and having a full-on history lesson than going. Oh, so he is it. I know who he is now. Um, yeah. So I'm probably the bright. Uh, it's probably that, but it would have been that hard sell of getting me to watch it. That's the problem. Um, so we will obviously be talking about that one when it drops at the end of June. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It, it's we're actually kind of the prime audience for a documentary like this because as much as we love documentaries about whales and sharks and space and and stuff like that it's like okay even a really well put together whale documentary right now isn't really going to teach me very much i know most of the subject i'm going to see cool pictures and i'm going to love it i'm not really going to learn very much this on the other hand i'm like i know nothing about this i know very little about this i am fully expecting to go into this and and learn things that i did not know no so that that one's going to be good right so that kind of and there's lots of other bits and pieces of news, but we're going to move on now on to um, some reviews of this week's shows. Okay, so let's start off with uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Now, um, a great episode. It kind of felt like we were kind of into the formal zone there. It was funny thing with this um, episode was very much... Uh, Crosshair was the, was the story part of it I really enjoyed. The What I'm really liking about this series is that filling in the gap of what happened this minute after order 66 and when the galactic empire became it you know the the, the you know we're in the almost that kind of the re, we're going through the rebrand at the minute from the republic to the um the empire and you know it's that thing if people don't know what the empire is going to be because when you know they're still they haven't got to that of doing their authority yet they they're still changing the name still I'm really enjoying that aspect of like, we know what's going to happen, but they're toying with it. You know, they still look like clone troopers. You know, we're st- you know this is probably what, like a week after the, the changeover. So I'm really liking this whole aspect. How brutal that scene with Crosshair was with the, Re- with the Rebels, um, you know, where, you know, he literally just shoots them. I mean, they do a shot on his face when they do it in the screens. And I was like, whoa, that, I was like, that is... You know, I think as an adult, you kind of went, wow, that was dark. That was pretty, and really showing, I mean, that was like full-blown, like, heel. That was real bad. That was like, you know, but also at the same time, he's being controlled. So he's out, he can't control his own things. He's just following the orders without any, any second thoughts. So he did look like he was reminiscing a little bit at the end, but, um, and they're obviously playing with the idea that they, they're working on a way to overdo his chip. Um which is obviously setting, setting that up. I, I think that's the obvious direction they're going to go and they're going to try and do in a redemption arc for him. Um, actually, for me, it was the scene with the flamethrower where that where yeah. I was like, oh, well, I'm just kind of surprised. They get. Now, they didn't have like a guy running around on fire like you would mm. have in like Saving Private Ryan or something like that. But at the same time, like that's, that's not exactly a great way uh, to do that. And it's like, that's pretty brutal. Uh, and oh, then he, yeah, yeah. and then of course he he executes his own guy too because yeah. the guy's questioning orders and trying to take command. And you're like, well, okay, 
it's uh, but it's also punches. There's also the idea of like you know them like toying with the idea of recruiting um, people and the issues that that brings in, and then like the Camino, um, you know them being worried about their future, about their jobs, and you know what they're doing, and making sure that they they need troopers. It's like I wasn't expecting that from this series, and I'm really enjoying like this. I could dip, they're doing, telling they've got an idea of a story to kind of bridge that gap, like because there was always. I mean, obviously for us when like the Clone Wars movies came out, and then we ended like with Revenge of the Sith, and then we're going, yeah, but we had all these clone troopers, we had robots, all this kind of stuff, and then suddenly in like New Hope there isn't any of that, and they've made the odd little reference of well, clones we prefer real ones. And then in the new movies, they were stealing kids to recruit. So, well, yeah, if you read the books, you knew they were stealing kids. Yeah. I don't think they ever mentioned it in the movie. It was like, where did they get 300 Star Destroyers for the for the climax of Rise of Skywalker? When you're like, I, I don't know. Well, they but kind of, anyway. Then they, they, they did reference, I think, with like, um, obviously in, in Rise of Skywalker um, with um, Lando's daughter. I see. Because honestly, it's the only Star Wars show or movie that I've only seen once so far. <laughs> I don't see that changing either, honestly. Yeah. Keeping in mind, I have never seen the holiday special, which would probably be the other one I, I would yeah. only watch once. Uh, but anyway, back to Bat Batch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I am enjoying the same thing that you're enjoying. We, we got to see Admiral Rampart uh, for the first time here. He's obviously taking over for Tarkin's role as being the lead bad guy of the season. Uh, potentially the entire series if there's more than one season and his his push to to move to conscription rather than clones i am very interested to see what the kaminoans are going to do to try to counter this because there were there was a slight hint towards the end of it yeah. that they had they have they have something up their sleeve might involve omega they might not need omega as much as we think they do but they've got something and i want to see what that is yeah no, I'm, I'm really enjoying this series it's kind of grown there was a whole thing of you know, Hunter becoming more of a father and Wrecker kind of being the big brother and like looking after her a bit. And then Tech and Echo just fixing stuff um, again. The same problem we had with them last week where it's like, we need, there's just nothing going on with those two, but you can see them focusing on Hunter, Crosshair and Wrecker right now. Yeah, it does seem like they're setting up a conflict between Tech and Echo though, where... Um, you know, Echo's getting annoyed at Tech for being like, oh yeah, the, the, I did a scan, the ship is fine. It's like, well, we just dropped out of hyperspace, so yeah. obviously not everything is fine. And th- there's a, a conflict between the way that they're doing things, because Tech, as smart as he is, seems to be kind of a little, you know, a little lax in in what he's doing, and Echo's not particularly happy about that. I'll also say um, I'm happy with the direction they're going with Wrecker. I was really worried that he was just going to be the dumb brute character, but like yeah. you said, he, he's becoming the older brother to Omega. Yeah. Like that that scene at the end where he's like, "This is your room," and it, it's you know, it's just, a closet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a closet, but he does a great job with the presentation of it. I love the fact he as well. He managed to find Christmas lights. Um, you know that was. <laughs> You know what? It's it's the middle of space. Uh, you know what? They're probably grenades or something like that. Oh, <laughs> it's just, just the one thing. Go. Oh, good. He's he set up a Chris. He's set up a YouTube video. <laughs> it's just, just like you know. Um, oh, that's what yeah. I, need. I need. Yeah, you need. Know, yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I can't talk. I got my lights up. But yeah, it's it. I am enjoying this series. It's definitely growing on me. Um, I'm just liking the. I think having more Tarkin as well. Um, because he's an interesting character because 
in the movies, obviously he was very stern, but the comic books and the novels have done a great job of like expanding him and making him, you know, and this series seems to be like, as much as they introduced the other guys, like we don't need him. We could have, but then it almost feels like they need to move on from Tarkin at some point because they don't want to make him too weak if the Bad Batch keep kind of evading right. him. They need well, a, they need more of a klutz kind of guy that they can blame. And also, you don't want to overuse Tarkin. Like, e- even if they they can set him up so he can be the villain and not come out looking like an idiot at the end, you know, where he gets upset mm-hmm. or whatever. You you want to keep him as like. Well, I'm going to steal the the Phantom Menace. He's the kind. He's the guy who is always up there. You never really see him, but he's got his hand in everything. Yeah, and and just he's kind of the existential threat. Um, because you you can already see it in the comics and the books where again they're starting to overplay Vader. They're starting to overplay where they are just like everywhere. They're they're the Wolverines of mm-hmm. Star Wars. And as cool as it is to see Darth Vader, who doesn't like seeing Darth Vader just being like full on Darth Vader, at the same time you're kind of like you could use some other characters yeah, or create somebody else, <laughs> yeah, or create somebody else, or yeah. heck, there's a whole like other canon you can borrow characters from. I mean, Filoni uh, did a great job pulling in Thrawn uh, yeah. back in the Rebels. So well, it's just, just, I mean, we're, I think we're going to see um, Finn the uh, the Fen the the bounty Fennec, of, um, Fennec. Yeah, so I, I mean. We've seen her in the trailer, so we yeah. know she's coming. So that'll be, an, and <clears throat> more Saw. So, so. We'll be seeing more Saw at some point. They definitely seem to be setting that up. But overall, um, I'm I'm enjoying this series. Definitely feels like the temperature has cooled a little bit over the week as kind of the Star Wars hype kind of train slowed down a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we've got shows right through to August, so we've got plenty of Star Wars Bad Batch to go. So the one, the one last thing before we move on, I want to know more about these troopers who are under Crosshair's command. I know he killed off the one guy. Yeah. I have a strong suspicion that we're going to slowly see these guys just kind of get knocked off one by one uh, over the next, I don't know, probably half dozen episodes or so. But I, I still would like hope that they will have a little bit of a personality. So when they get knocked off, you know, there's at least yeah. a little bit of either satisfaction or an emotional response of some sort. It's going to be interesting, how, but at the same time, they have to succeed because we know that they did get rid of the clones. So they, they have to be at least do something. But let us know what you thought of the Bad Batch episode three in the comments below. Okay, let's now move on to, uh, we'll do Mighty Ducks of Game Changers next. So this was episode eight, um, another f- a fun episode. This one was, I think, one of my favorite episodes we've seen for a while, where suddenly we get into the thing of, Alex the mum is now becoming a full-blown pushy parent because she's got the taste of winning and doesn't and is, and, and is letting it go to her head and takes it out on the kids and starts getting it very pushy and she's like I'm just here for, you know I'm just here you know with my you know my mug and just kind of going you know I'm just drinking that you know and I'm just like yeah she's got full on and I really like I wasn't expecting this I wasn't expecting that aspect and it was like I like this is this is a fun story to go into maybe the finale of like you know she needs to she needs to be told rather than the kids. <laughs> um, no, and um, I I like that quite a bit too. Where um, they're showing the addictive addictiveness yeah. of winning, and and you can see where these other parents 
are like, yeah, no, the, the, this is good, right? You, you're enjoying this. You, you're yeah. getting that little high going. I also appreciated that they didn't resolve it at the end of the episode. No. That it's going to be the the plot going into episode nine, because you know so far this has been a very monster of the week kind of series with a couple of cliffhangers here and there, but having this continuing to be a plot where it wasn't just conveniently resolved mm. at the end of this episode is a good, good step for this show. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a solid episode, you know, kind of had like Bombay as well, kind of going what, you know, it, they've kind of cooled off the romance a little bit. They, I mean, they haven't done anything for like a few episodes now, but there was a little bit of conflict there. Cause obviously um, he wants to get, um, was it Logan? Was it Logan? Is it Logan? I think it was, was Logan. Head? Yeah. Like, the the supermodel yeah. yeah so he's i mean he i mean there was a kind of thing of him being reliant on um a trick which makes sense because he hasn't really had chance and you know him being talked to um to skate and this is where my problem comes in with this series of we're going to state and we're gonna go, and you still have a guy on your team that can't skate this doesn't make any sense like a combat like you you we're running we're running before we can skate or we can it's just yeah, no. yeah yeah it's just this kind of thing of like we can't these two things are way too apart they needed to be much more you know and obviously like she doesn't want to put them in because and and them all then kind of tricking her into putting him on the things and i like the fact that nick kind of and um logan were had a little bit of a friendship thing growing as well between them because you know nick's just following um evan around like um, a lost puppy so it'd be good to give him another friend <laughs> it w- I was really worried when they started that plot at the beginning of this episode where Nick was jealous of Logan yeah. and his, uh, you know, he was riding the high of scoring his first goal and and then Logan stealing his thunder. Um, and I'm glad they're just like, I don't know. Nick had a realized no, it's good for the team. Uh, let's support him. And, and that was the end of that. Uh, and that, yeah. that was perfectly fine. But this is, this goes back to the goalie that I was talking about. Um, I think it was last week where it's like, well, he can't even get into the butterfly, which means he can't he can't get onto the ice, which means like the entire bottom of the net is just wide open for anybody who wants to take a shot at it. And then all of a sudden at the end of the episode, it's like, oh, wait, I can't do a butterfly and I am an unstoppable wall now. And we have this again with Logan where it's like, I can't skate. Oh, but now I can do the Michigan goal. Uh, incidentally, that's what that's called. This is the first yeah. time I've actually seen them use a real trick that is used in real hockey. Uh, and yeah. granted, not at the NHL level very often, but uh, it's like, oh, he, he did a mission goal. That's really cool. But literally a couple hours ago, he was falling on his butt every time he stepped on the ice. It's yeah. the, the character trajectories are weird. Yeah, they're all over. I did like as well with Coop as well with the whole thing with his socks. And like them all, oh, uh, and it was gross. gross. He had it. In, he had it in his helmet, and like all the like the girls. And I just like that fact that there was there's a little bit of fun going on, a little bit of interaction. We need a bit more of that. I um, mean, kind of you know to have that team dynamic a little bit more. Um, it, it might sound weird, but I almost feel like this series, each episode needed that. I think with like Big Shot, and we'll talk about all that later on. That extra ten minutes seems to totally change how quickly the pace of these episodes because everything is being i mean i don't know if it's because they're going for a slightly younger audience and they kind of want to hit the points a little bit faster and a little bit quicker for younger people but sometimes they feel like oh we could have done with a, we could stretch that a little bit or you know we could explore that a little bit more and i feel that's the one thing i keep coming away from mighty ducks game you yeah, we're, we're like you've got you're trying to do so much and and you've got so much time 
why are we why does it feel rushed when we've you've just you know we said at the beginning oh they've got time to stretch out and do everything and like then halfway through the season go why are you rushing everything (laughs) you've got the time (laughs) well it's not even that it's like why are you rushing this and not handling this basic plot progression over here of getting the kids like how to skate that should have been episode three uh, at the latest and you know we still don't even know the names of half these kids. I know they've introduced them, but yeah. like Logan, podcast kid, main kid, uh, yeah. main kid's pseudo girlfriend, goalie. Yeah. That's that's what I've got. I don't have yeah. names for these characters. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm only at that point because I'm 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 reading like the 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 press statement right. when I'm doing at reviews and stuff. So I'm kind of in the you know, and but on general, yeah, you wouldn't know. Um, you know, other than like Nick, that's pretty much the amount most people would know. And it is, I think, just an, an issue of this. I am enjoying it. It's definitely, it, it, I do enjoy, it's just that thing of, we got four of them. We got four originals a week. And Mighty Ducks is my least favorite out of the four. And I didn't, um, it's kind of a strange one really. But um, well, yeah. What so you- overall, I think this was a better episode. Um, the fact that they're dealing with Logan now isn't really this episode's fault. It's yeah. a problem with the series in, in general. They handled it just fine. Bombay teaching him how to skate was a good sequence. Him finding out, you know, that this kid has this cool trick that he can do with the, you know, the pancake flipping uh, also points to the kids for actually being able to do it. Uh, you know, from the way they were shooting, it was very obvious that he was actually doing that. So that's pretty cool. It's not easy to do. Um and and then implementing it i mean that's classic ducks where it's like take the kid who you think is useless and give him and find out he's got a skill and then use it um and on top of that i enjoyed that they had actual hockey scenes in this like they did that whole montage where they were winning games and they had actual non-trickery based hockey where they were just doing standard passing one-timer stuff that teams should be doing well, I think as well, having Evan and the girl from the Mighty Ducks have kind of given them a chance to have real players on there because the other ones haven't got that skill level. You know, they're at, they're at a different level um, than it. But it's, defi- it's definitely good. But we'll have to know what you think of this episode of the Mighty Ducks in the comments below. Let's now shift gears and go over to the basketball court and let's talk now about Big Shot. Um, another fun episode, lots of different plots, multiple plots going on in this one. We had like um, quite a few different ones going on. The big one was Louise's dad got arrested. That kind of set off a chain reaction of like her kind of wobbling and like really struggling and pushing back against um, everybody. And kind of a little bit of redemption really from like Coach Corn, where he's, he knows that feeling of being the one everyone's talking about. And it, the, the, you know, this whole thing of like blocking everything out when it's like he is, but he's also, it, it does get to him. You know, it shows that it does get to him. And, he, and that whole scene with um, the, Louise's brother at the end with his, with his daughter was very telling of the fact of as long the lines of, now this kid needs, needs my, and I thought that was good. I thought that worked really, you know, he'd been playing the protective dad with a shotgun on the lawn going, get away from my daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, it's like, and then like they instantly kind of, pulled that back within that same episode of long ago no he this kid needs to talk he needs he needs my daughter to talk to and i and i like that i thought i thought that again showing growth of a character uh growth of multiple characters yeah. actually in that case even if the the brother was 
mostly new. I know we we yeah. we were introduced to him, but then that plot was just kind of conveniently ignored for a couple episodes. Um, but yeah, it, in terms of like handling some fairly adult situations, um, stuff that most people have had to go through. Obviously, not the the yeah. arrest part, but some sort of moment when you realize that your parents aren't perfect, and you know everything doesn't just become great when you become an adult. I think most people can relate to that. Uh, this, that whole thing is just handled really well. And corn kind of accepting it. Yeah. You've got to get your stuff together, but I also get it. Uh, you know, it's, I love that little moment where she's like, no one can understand. It's just like, really? Yeah. I, I can't understand. <laughs> yeah. I thought that went very well. Um, I also like the, th- like the, the thing with, I'm cheating in the exam and what happened after that and like that f- it kind of was I like the idea of the other kids in the school kind of going why are these kids getting special treatment why aren't we you know they should they they shouldn't get this now this is my problem with US shows as a whole and movies this isn't just you know be I live in a country where sport and, and school does not go together you know they do sport at school but it's about exercise and there's no going to college and getting, you know, there's no sports scholarships. Sports school stuff doesn't really matter at all. You know, it doesn't have a big impact. So therefore, this whole thing of like Americans, high schools seem, and colleges seem to be obsessed that if you can throw a ball around or hit a stick or do something, your entire life is sorted. Um, you'll get your college, you'll get to go through and you'll become this professional sports person. And that seems to be this constant theme in US shows and movies. And again, this show kind of fell into that trap as well of going, well, why is a basketball team getting away with it? It's like, yeah, why? They should, you know, it's, I know, and it's very hard again for me being outside the US where it's a bit like, basketball doesn't really matter. It's the least important thing they're doing at school. You know, they should be concentrating on everything else. The, The basketball team is the least important thing they're doing at high school. Uh, yeah, so two thoughts on it. Two. Um, first, as a person who was not super into all the sports, um, I don't really get it either. I just know it's a thing. Um, and there is definitely favoritism uh, shown towards sports stars in schools. They can get away with, with stuff that other kids can't. There is a limit to it. Um, I would have thought cheating was not above that limit, but okay. Uh, they also needed it for plot reasons. Obviously they wanted some drama, but they didn't want them kicked off the team. So they kind of copped it a little bit yeah. uh but yeah there, there's definitely a culture in high school and college where uh you protect the sports kids um even from themselves second thought though they did kind of undercut that a little bit at the end of the episode there with the principal having to talk with the girl being like yeah you're good at basketball you're not that good you need something else uh yeah. to set you apart and uh, i think that is something that a lot of high school kids don't get is that you may be great in high school you will not be great in college unless you were in like that 0.001 percent of players but so many of them go into college with this i'm going to be amazing in college i'm going to go on to be professional um and statistically most don't that's that's just a hard fact yeah no so i I did there's this there's multiple layers i also enjoyed the whole thing with the dating thing they're kind of playing a little bit on the dating, playing a little bit as well with, you know, gossiping and the, the implications that can have, especially on teachers and stuff. Um, so 
and just the fact of corn kind of going on a date and not really knowing how he's actually been is actually on a date um and i like the fact that he's he was completely out of control he was being kind of i would say manipulated but he he did he, you know he's not been open for relationships and all the rest of it and he, he completely like chilled out and relaxed by the end of the episode but it was not, and i'm glad they've kind of shifted a little bit away from the assistant coach of like you needed you needed someone to kind of you needed somebody else and i and i mean the the theater teacher is a little bit annoying but um i did like the idea that the kind of you know she took control of him and he didn't really know notice <laughs> I, I kind of get it. It wasn't necessarily so much that he didn't notice as he didn't want to notice. It seemed like, yeah. like he, he was in denial. Like if he had actually looked at it objectively, he would be like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a date. We're, we're going to dinner by ourselves. Yeah. It, it's a date. Um, but he, he needed people to shove it in his face and then he needed to confront her and be yeah. like, wait, this is a date. Of course, this is a date. What do you mean? I, I did <laughs> like her assertiveness. That yeah. is probably the only thing I like about her character at the moment, honestly. Yeah. But um, that dating thing was was fine, um, and then of course we already talked about his daughter um, with the with the other young man, and yeah. you know him initially being like, uh, well, typical dad, of course, yeah. like, you, you, who are you? What are you doing with my daughter? Why are we, you in the house alone with my daughter? Why are you hiding in the closet? Uh, which <laughs> which was definitely like a why are you doing this, you moron? But they're teenagers, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I did want to pivot over to talk about the faculty here a little bit because mm. this is bit this is my my biggest gripe with the series right now is the faculty, um, with the exception of the assistant coach and the principal. Mm. You know, we've got a stuffy English lady with the atrocious accent. Um, you can go back. Couple- oh my god! You can go back a couple episodes and we ranted about that for a while. Um, you've got the the uh, guidance counselor slash therapist who obviously has a huge chip on his shoulder and is completely unprofessional. Although we did see him actually be good at his job in this episode. So I'll give him that. And now we've got a theater lady who is like every theater teacher trope put into a single body in the most annoying way possible. Like that whole sequence with her talking with, uh, with Emma and her boyfriend or potential boyfriend. uh, I was just like, this is horrible. This person, you know, on the one hand, you're kind of like, okay, if you're the theater teacher in high school, there's probably a certain amount of like, uh, you know, chip on your shoulder, grudge, like I'm, I'm destined for better things than this. But on the other hand, they played it way too hard. And this is the problem with the series is there is no likable faculty in this school right now. It's just, just the principal. The pr- I really like her. Um, the principal is great. And also, like, she seems to be, like, developing each week. Her character's getting, you know, she is looking at kids. And because sometimes you feel like with principals and stuff that they actually don't know any of the kids in the school. You know, the only ones that they know are the ones that keep getting sent to their office. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a certain amount of that, too, you know, where the, the one kid was like, oh, it's actually kind of nice being in the office when you're not yelling at me. It's like... <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah, stop getting yelled at. <laughs> like, that's no boy. Um, yeah, so it is, um, it is a, a, um, again, a, a good solid episode. I'm really enjoying it. And we're at the halfway point in the series, and I've, I don't know where we're going, but it feels like it doesn't need to have, like, an overstoring arc. I know they're obviously heading towards D2 or whatever it is that they're after. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this series. It's, it's, it's just a, 
it feels very different to the other shows that we're watching. And I'm, I'm kind of digging that. So like the D2 thing, I'm not going to dwell on this much. It, it doesn't feel like it's as important a point as say like the ducks beating, or sorry, the, the no, don't bothers beating yeah. the ducks in mighty ducks where that, that feels like where we're going, obviously. Um, this feels like it's more of just a, a kind of a, we're pushing the plot in this direction, mm-hmm. but the important stuff is actually what's going on off the court. In fact, other than like a brief little bit, there was almost no basketball in this episode yeah. at all. It's fine with me. I don't mind. You know, I don't mind sports, but not being in there. But yeah, but a really good show, and I cannot stress this enough. You know, if you haven't checked out Big Shot yet, give it a go. Don't write write off. I think it's it definitely feels like it's the lesser known of all the originals, and people maybe aren't. You know, there's too much emphasis on the basketball rather than the drama side of things, and it, it's I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I definitely consider it much higher than um, the Mighty Ducks, but also just as a whole, it's just a, an enjoyable show, and I'm enjoying that it, a different flavor. Again, we're having some different flavors going on, and this one feels different to the other shows. And I would also say I suspect that some people wrote it off as like a star vehicle for for John Stamos and kind of like, Oh, it's just John being pretty and handsome yeah. and, and stuff on the scene. He's actually, I mean, he is the main character, but there's a lot of focus on the kids as well. And uh, there's a surprising amount of depth to the characters who are not John Stamos. Yes. So let's know what you think of this episode of the big shot in the comments below. Okay. Let's now move on to the final of the Disney plus originals, four different drama series in, a, in a, an episode. That's, that's I, yeah. I, I would be hard pressed to call this a drama. Just right. Just so we got high school, music, <laughs> high school music of the music of the music of the music of the series, series two, part two, part, part two. So I've seen the first three episodes. So I'm kind of in that zone where my memory of like where one ends and one goes. So I'm going to try to keep it on going. Well, how about, um, uh, let me give the, the quick, quick overview, just so you don't <laughs> go too far on that one. Um, this is pretty much exactly what you expect it to be. The, the kids are, um, expecting to find out what the the musical of the season will be and they're all like well it's obviously going to be high school the musical number two um and of course uh the teacher encounters her old flame and it's like oh no we've got to go toe-to-toe with him we're stepping up our game we're doing beauty and the beast and the series ends or sorry not the series the the episode ends with that announcement plus uh, the one girl who has been keeping her deep dark secret revealing her secret in front of everybody fade to black um Episode two will be next week. Thank you. Come back. Right. Okay. So now I'm now I'm up to speed on where that one ended because that is there's a whole the next two episodes like okay cool now I know where we are. So, um, what did you think of the show? What because you obviously you're coming into because you weren't really a huge fan of the first season, were you? I was not. Um, well, to be fair, I also only watched like the first two episodes of the first yeah. season too, so I don't have like a, a full overview. Although I I think I could probably guess pretty well what it did, and the, the recap at the beginning was. Mm actually very thorough interestingly enough um but it's the same boat for me again i mean that for those of you who like the series that's a good thing this is more of the same uh maybe amped up a little bit Mm -hmm. but this is not hyperbole i was literally about halfway through the episode like can i mute this and just watch it with subtitles that is an actual thought that went through my head and i entertained that's not just like me being snarky right now um the problem with a musical series is that if you don't like the music that they're singing, you're not going to yeah. like the series. And for whatever reason, the music that they're singing just is not clicking with me. 
So that episode there, I think, was was generally focusing on music from High School Musical Two. Yes. Um, so they kind of got the music in. They kind of got a few of the jabs in for that. Um, it does go on, and they then move on to Beauty and the Beast, which is a much better music, much better for them to do. Um, works much better. So there's there's that bit. See, I was the opposite. See, I watched all three episodes back to back because I was like, yeah, good, keep going. I'm in. I ended. I'm like, oh, I've got to wait now. I kind of and that half an hour an episode really like an hour and a half in so it wasn't too much but i really enjoyed it it for me this was um i last time it came out it was a bit of a one of oh i'm not so sure not so sure it grew on me kind of gone in this one going no i'm in i'm fine i'm i'm enjoying this it's fun the kids are fun it's got musical stuff in it the performances are great i mean that opening's opening one where they're dancing and singing all in one take they all get to have their chance to shine thought that worked really well you know they've gone past the introductions now we're not doing it you know they've done that we don't need to be introducing who these characters are we can just get on with it we know where they are we know the stereotype they're going for and their problems that come with that um yeah and i'm i mean also i mean we can't take this way Olivia Rodrigo is massive right now. She is a huge star. You know, she was over here for the Brits this week doing like, she is, she's had one of the biggest hits. So she's going to drive so many more people to this show because they've, you know, they didn't know she was in it. They didn't know who she was. I mean, I remember her from Bizarre Vark and, you know, she's been on Disney Channel for a while. So I really enjoyed this episode. I'm really enjoying the series. Um, can't wait for, to see some more in a few weeks when, I ca- when we catch up. For me, this was great. This is, and again, it feels so different from the other two high school because we've been talking about you know the, these three high school shows all at the same time is a bit over much, but they are very different flavors. There's lots more musical stuff in here. Um, it is over the top. It's you don't there's while there is drama, you kind of can. F- it's not serious. You know there are some serious issues going on with some of them, but it's tongue in cheek. They're having a bit of fun with it. It's just. And I kind of like this. They've got it's got bigger and brighter. And I always say, if you think that this is High School Musical, like a, just a spit, this is a totally different show. They could have called this something completely different. Um, kind of, I think in some ways, putting it under the High School Musical brand, and the, the, such a bad name. Of they, um, the High School Musical series would have been enough. They didn't need the musical bit, but I really enjoyed this. I think it's that kind of the theatre side of things. It's a lot of fun. You know, I yeah, I, I can't praise enough. Really, I just really enjoyed the, this episode. Yeah. So obviously, I, I talked about the the music a bit there, and my opinion on that is pretty well established. I'll, I'll give the Beauty and the Beast stuff. I do love the music from Beauty and the Beast, so we'll see what they yeah. do with that. Um, but the drama side of things, and I use drama in really yeah. big air quotes, <laughs> um, is actually entertaining. I will give you that. It's like you said they they know the tropes. And they just lean right into them so far that they're falling out the other side. Like, oh my goodness, it's my flame from 17 years ago who I inexplicably recognize and I know exactly how long it's been. It's like, okay. And he's super cute. And he he's also like a Tony, well, award winner. And like, and and now he's gonna be my rival. I'm just like, this is so stupid. It's actually entertaining. It is, uh, it's it intentionally is, stupid. I want to be. Clear it is. It, they 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 lean on it. They know what they're doing. It's not for everyone, you know. I, but I I kind of yeah uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a fun little series, and you know, 
it's kind of weird of like it's it's a where does it find its gap? Where does it find the market? I do still think we probably would have had had this series before Christmas because obviously we opened with a full Christmas. Go. I'm thinking it's the middle of May. <laughs> We've got Christmas music, Christmas jumpers. You know, it's like this show should have been on a while ago. You can also tell the point, and I would say this just as a little bit. Episode one and two were filmed before restrictions were brought in. Uh, um, they were filmed just after season one. So there's a lot of them together, lots of group shots, lots of um, episode three. <laughs> suddenly there's a lot more than like single people, you know, single shots, people, you know, you don't see the group together in the same way. Um, and it kind of, it's weird. You kind of look at it. There's a lot of people in that room. <laughs> and like, again, it was, yeah. They're kind of close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not just the people who are intimate with each other. They're, yeah. they're all kind of like there was yeah. that, and the final song number, like they have all the girls lined up on the couch and they do like yeah. a can can, a, a very yeah. brief one. You're like, yeah, yeah you guys are close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe you want to, you want to socially distance there a little it's, bit. It's funny, isn't it? How you've kind of, but then in the later episodes, you can, um, and I think you can see this again in Mighty Ducks. You can see it in all the shows right now. They're all using much closer shots individually. There's, if you if you work as an extra properly in the last year, you probably had like no work because <laughs> nobody in the scene is that can't be there is not there. Um, um, so it's it is noticeable. There were obviously was a big delay. This should have been out a long time ago. Um, but yeah, no, I I can see maybe why they held it back a little bit. But, you yeah, know, I, I really liked it. I'm in, in on it. It is stupid. It's a bit over the top, but it's a lot of fun. And I kind but, of, it's just nice to have kind of fun sometimes. It knows it's stupid and it, and it fully embraces the stupid. It, it, it's, you can plot out exactly how this episode's go. Right from the beginning, like, I'm moving to Denver and I haven't told anybody. And like, oh, God. <laughs> like i know where this is going um yeah. and they and they play it up and they ham it up and they insert the musical numbers mm. i mean honestly our review is mostly meaningless anyway if if you liked season one you're gonna like season two if you did not like season one you're not gonna like season two it, 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 you know what you're getting it's a lot of fun and i i definitely think it's a little bit of a highlight of disney plus of just kind of going this is very different this is a, a show that it's like you don't get shows like this very often where they are just, you know, musical over the top. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's a very fun little show. It's so different from everything else, but it's, you know, here we are 20, you know, we've got so many different shows to watch and there's a bit of variety, you know, just having four originals, a new episode of four different originals dropping this week. You know that's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm going to be lucky enough to say, you know, I was able to spread them out a little bit. I know you had to watch all four of them in one day. <laughs> I will admit that was a bit rough, actually, <laughs> especially since it's been a super busy week for me, and and so I was kind of like, do I even have enough time to watch all these? Well, but... this, yeah. I mean, luckily, I mean, I watched ba- Bad Batch like straight off. It, Bad Batch is my, you know. Um, and Friday morning watch, one yeah. because that one um, they they didn't they have only sent that they only sent out the screeners for like the first two episodes and now I think we're just in line because they do that with like low key and all the rest of it you know we don't get to see them in advance um, and that's pretty much they do that for all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff they they, they don't really need to um, so that one was definitely something to watch but yeah and also I mean we've you know we have all the all the um, star originals as well um, we had like Solar Opposites again just. A, crazy episode um 
uh, yeah, it's something about like they turned up, they turned like a pig into a, a massive machine just to get a person to get ribs and oh, it's just a crazy show. Um, yeah, it's it is bonkers. Um, but yeah, so we've got lots of stuff. We've got other shows coming up like Rebel. We've got, like I said, we've got Genius. We've got Big Sky Return. So there's a lot. It's going to get even more crowded. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff. But let us know in the comments below what you enjoyed the most on Disney Plus this weekend. Love to hear your thoughts. Remember, you can hit that subscribe button. On You can also find us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and on our Facebook group. And become a patron or YouTube channel member to help support the podcast and the website. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for watching us. We'll see you guys soon. Laters.